And that's it. <laughs> Cole, we're going. <clears throat> While as, it as, is... As Dion says, we're coming. In less than 72 hours' time, we will be in Tiger Stadium. In the Death Valley. The only Death Valley that matters in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Go Tigers! Go Tigers! That's applause, right. Applause from the booth. Shout out JTC. JTC, we're taking the booth with we're us. We're taking the booth. The booth will be there. Unfortunately, we will not be able to record live and, and broadcast the game from the Panther Pod. But you know what? It's fine. It's fine. We're going to be fine. Um, yeah, everything's fine. This, for, for me and Jay, this is, uh, we've never gone farther west than uh, the Smoky Mountains. Um, yeah, we, you're going to the west now. We've, 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 never, we've never known a world without mountains. There are no mountains. If you dig down in Louisiana, you hit water. You are walking pretty much in water. Essentially, yes. Essentially. Um, but uh, I'm excited. We're excited. We're bringing Booth. We're bringing Jay. We're going to LSU. We went to Morgantown last year. Now we're going to Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. To watch the LSU Tigers take on the Auburn Tigers. In the Tiger Bowl. The in the Tiger Bowl. Best SEC rivalry. In my opinion. Yeah, Tiger Bowl Part 2. Back-to-back weeks, too. Back-to-back weeks. Um, For that, I'm Owens Pennick. My name's Cole Connor. And you are listening to The Panther Pod. All right, I just want to go on record just while we're starting things off here. Owen, could you please tell the audience at home what you're wearing currently? I'm currently wearing a WVU hat, guys. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also wearing a WVU shirt. Yep. And some shorts. Yeah. Khaki, yeah, some khaki yeah. Shorts. Yeah, yeah. Black tennis shoes. That's, yeah. Okay. Uh, what are you wearing on top of the West Virginia shirt, Owen? On top of the West Virginia shirt? Yeah. Oh, nothing. It's just my brand new LSU Tigers sweatshirt over here. Let's go! I'm going to be honest. It feels a little weird. Wearing purple and gold and not my blue. I had to bring some How do you gold. think I felt wearing the blue and gold in Morgantown? Yeah, yes. Hey, but we're good. We're, I'll fit right on in, though. Oh, we'll yeah. No, I'm you. I'll be cheering on loud as possible. We're going to go We're gonna go into walk-ons on Thursday night to watch uh, West Virginia take on the Houston Cougars. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. Do you not know that's, that's the Houston sign? That's like supposed to be like their Cougar paw. That's the Houston sign. I kid you not. I kid you not. Folks at home, please don't Google that. Don't don't Google that. That is all. not NSFW. That is not NSFW. How did they think that they could get away with anyway? All right. What's up? Oh, so in NSFW. Well, no, that just means it says anyway. All right, tangent. Looking ahead at this week in college football, um, we have some really, really great matchups. I know we've said that literally every single week this season so far, with the exception of like week three, I think. Yeah. Um, but this week, we've got ranked matchups. We've got some sleepers for you. It should be, you know, you should not have to change your channel at all this weekend. And um, and, 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 and a now com- more common appearance, weekly appearance, by uh, the Oregon State Beavers, our Pac-12 champions. Oh, yeah. Go no. Beavs. Yeah, go Beavs. I'm honestly, I'm thinking about ordering an Oregon State shirt. 
It is so funny how we picked one of the most random teams to just be like, yeah, that we like the Beavs this year. You it's, got to. You got to. It's our West Coast team. Uh, speaking of West Coast, though. <laughs> Flawless tangent. Speaking, Flawless. Speaking of uh, West Coast, though, the USC Trojans take on the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame um, down in South Bend, Indiana, to go see Touchdown Jesus uh, on Notre Dame's campus. USC comes in 6-0 and oh after squeaking out a win to Arizona after going into triple overtime. Yeah. Notre Dame also squeaking out a win. Uh, no. Actually, I'm sorry, not squeaking, squeaking out a win. Squeaking out a uh, loss. They, they lost big time. Not big time, but they lost to, uh, to a good Louisville team who, by the way, I called. Oh, yeah, just you wanna, did. I, I you just want to point sure that did. out. You I did. called it, called it, had no good reason, no moral obligation to, but I called it. Uh, anyways, looking into this game, Notre Dame has lost the last uh, has lost one of their last three. Okay, that being Louisville, two, two of their last three. Excuse me, uh, because they lost to Ohio State in a seventeen thirteen game. They beat Duke barely in twenty one thirteen fashion, and then they uh, lose in Louisville to Louisville. Uh, they lose to them thirty three to twenty three. Kind of thirty three um, to twenty. Kind of scary hours for Notre Dame. I'm not even going to lie. Um, of course, you know, they jumped out to that hot start 4-0, uh, looking like they were going to set the world on fire. They beat Navy uh, 42-3 to in Ireland. They beat Tennessee State 56-3. to They beat NC State 45-24. That was kind of their first, like, test of the season. Yeah, and they did pretty well. But even then, this NC State team has shown that they've regret. Uh, reg- Regressed. 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 I was uh, doing my best Cody Rhodes impersonation there. Um, Dusty Woes. He's got adrenaline in his soul, guys. Um, No, that NC State team has shown that they've regressed from last year. Uh, Central Michigan, who is not good, and then the first real, real test of the season, they fall in hilarious fashion to Ohio State. Um, I can count past the numbers on my fingers. I, I don't know if you know the Notre Dame Fighting Irish can because they only had 10 on the field. Apparently. Anyway, um, bounce back a week later against Duke and then drop to Louisville. My question and kind of the point of all this is this could be very, very ugly in South Bend. I don't think it will, but this is easily – the best team or the most well-rounded team that Notre Dame has come up against. And the only reason why I'm saying that is Ohio State does not have a solid defense this year. I understand in this game, they are uh, against Notre Dame, they were able to hold them to 14, but Ohio State is not as good on defense as, like, you're, you're giving up 17 to Maryland. Come on. I'm going to disagree with you here. Okay. I love Notre it. Dame has faced, in their last three games, they have faced the number three, mm-hmm. number five, mm-hmm. and number 22 defenses in the country. Hmm. Okay. USC is the number 79th ranked defense in all of FBS. Okay. Notre Dame is going to have a – it's going to look like backyard football for Sam Hartman out there for the Irish. 
USC mm. has a great offense, explosive offense, and I think they're going to put up points. They're going to put up numbers. But when it comes to that defense, Sam Hartman, take your pick. Take your pick. Let's just hope he doesn't get picked off. Uh, he won't, not with a USC defense. No, I don't think he will. Um, Caleb Williams, obviously this is a quarterback battle. We've talked about quarterback battles all season long. This is between Caleb Williams and Sam, uh, Sam Hartman. Caleb Williams, 119 for 166, 1,822 yards passing, 22 touchdowns, one interception. Sam Hartman, 118 for 183, 1,712 yards, 16 touchdowns, three interceptions. I'm going to be real honest with you. That stat line is very, very close. 17-12 um, to 18-22, like 100 yards and what is that, six more touchdowns? Yeah. Um, this is going to be a duel where Sam Hartman is a little bit less efficient than Caleb Williams in that high-powered you know, Lincoln-Riley offense. Um, Audric Esteem is ma- uh, making up for it, even though Sam Hartman is lights out, basically. Uh, Audric Esteem, 105 carries for 692 yards rushing and seven touchdowns. Uh, meanwhile, the leading rusher for the Trojans, Marshawn Lloyd, has 67 carries for 519 yards and four touchdowns on the ground. <sighs> Notre Dame is producing well on offense and holding opponents to under 300 yards allowed per game. They're producing 450, we'll call it. Um, USC producing 525 a game and giving up 421. Yikes. Mm. That being said, I think Caleb Williams turns it around this week. I think that no matter how many points Sam Hartman can put on the board, Caleb Williams will outscore them. Give me the Trojans. Give me the Irish. Give me the Irish. Starting things off with with a disagreement. Yeah. Love to see it. Absolutely. I have a sneaking suspicion we won't be disagreeing on this game. We might. We might. Mm. I, I, have a, I, have a, I, I think we're going to disagree on this one. In the former Pac-12 matchup, the number eight Oregon Ducks take on the number seven Washington Huskies. Both teams are 5-0, and 2-0 in conference, if you want to call it that. We all know the real Pac-12 championship happened already. Pac-2. Pac-2 championship. Oh, excuse me. Pac-2. Oregon, Washington, Bo Nix, Michael Penix Jr., Bucky Irving, and Dylan Johnson. Um, looking at team stats here, Oregon is producing 557 yards a game. Washington is producing 569 yards per game. Uh, Oregon's only giving up 255. Washington is giving up 365. Oregon in their last five, like we said, 5-0. and um, Stanford, Colorado, Texas Tech are their toughest matchups. Texas Tech being their toughest matchup, 38-30, to 30, uh, all the way back in week two. Uh, Washington in their last five, however, 
took care of business against Michigan State, beat down Cal, close win over Arizona, which Arizona has proved that they are legit this year. They're a scary team. They're kind of occupying that Purdue spot. Um, yeah, no. Oregon is more battle-tested um, in this matchup, I say, especially with that close Texas Tech game. Um, plus, they're just straight-up better. I feel like uh, Bo Nix and Bucky Irving are tearing it up. Um, this is in Husky Stadium in Seattle, Washington. Washington is favored by three. The over-under is 67. Uh, but Oregon is favored on ESPN's matchup predictor, so there's that. Um, give me the Ducks. Really? Uh, give me Michael Penix and Kalen DeBoer at Washington. Fair enough. I get it. Washington is on fire. On fire. Putting up over 570 yards on offense. Yeah, their defense doesn't look great, but also, too, they've, they walloped Michigan State 41 to 7, walloped Cal 59 to 32, and didn't necessarily wallop Arizona. Arizona went toe to toe with Mich- with uh, USC. Arizona looks to be kind of on the up and up here a little bit this year. But Washington to me, their offense just looks just chef's kiss. Just yeah. amazing. Michael Penix is definitely one of the be- uh one of the is leading one of the best offenses if not the best offense in all of college football. Uh, hmm? What? I didn't say wrong, wrong purple and gold. Wrong purple and gold there, bud. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, Washington. Washington, I think. I think this I think this is a foreshadowing of the Pac twelve championship this year. I think I think this could be a foreshadow of the Pac twelve champion. I think USC's defense is gonna be a massive burden to them this year. Which we've seen that in literally every single Oklahoma season ever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, I do think that the winner of this game is going to advance, and mm-hmm. depending on how USC does the rest of the season, is going to determine who's in that other spot. I, I feel like this could be, you know, for some reason Oregon State just falls off a cliff and just can't get back on the wagon. I, I could see this being the Pac-12 championship game, but we all know that our Pac-12 beeves are going to be in there yeah, in no, Las Vegas. Beeves are winning it. <laughs> we, um, we already know this. Uh, but for for Washington, Washington just looks like a complete team. Yeah, their defense doesn't look like it can shut down people as much. Uh, but 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 you 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 want to say that? Oh, Oregon has more battle tested. They played Portland State. 81 to 7. They played Texas Tech, who, by the way, West Virginia held them to, I don't know, 14 points. Uh, oh, they played Hawaii. Woohoo. Okay. Played Colorado. Okay. I'll give it to you. I'll give that one to you. That was an impressive win. Colorado can't run the ball, but they couldn't pass it that day either. And then Stanford. Woohoo. 42 to 6. You should beat Stanford 42 to 6. Okay. Washington in their last five. Let's look at that. Arizona, 31 to 24. Close game there. Mm hmm. Arizona also took USC down to the wire. Cal, who is three and three and fighting for bowl eligibility at this point. 59 to 32. But are they one and four like Stanford is? Michigan State, a bad Michigan State team. I hate it, but a bad Michigan State team. 41 to 7. Tulsa, 43 to 10. Boise State, 56 to 19. You're just proving my point to me, right? No, I'm not. 
Because the only tough matchup that Washington has had is Arizona. And they won. Yeah. And Oregon's won all five of their games, too, by better margins. Against the only lesser one opponents. Being, the only one being Texas Tech, and that was 38-30. Texas Tech was a darling pick in the Big 12, okay? Colorado is also was kind of a no, I wouldn't say a top pick, but definitely Colorado was like a lot of people on a lot of people's radar still yeah. is. Okay. Colorado's four and two. There's nothing wrong with being four and two. There's nothing wrong with being four and two. It's better when you're four and one, but there's nothing wrong with being four and two. Uh Washington, just just to me, it's home field, it's in Seattle. Washington's on a tear. Washington is on a tear. Give me, give me the Huskies. Give me the Huskies. All right. Well, apparently disagreeing is the uh, theme of tonight. Um, next up in an SEC matchup that does not involve LSU, uh, the Texas A&M Aggies 4-2, 2-1 in conference, take on the number 19-ranked Tennessee Volunteers, 4-1, 1-1 in conference. Mm-hmm. This is in Neyland. Mm-hmm. Tennessee is bouncing – well, actually, no. Texas A&M is bouncing back after a heartbreaking loss to Alabama, 26-20 to 20 there. Um, Texas A&M in their last five? Stop. Don't. Texas A&M in their last five? Um, yeah, no. Go, uh, go ahead and give me the simmer down, Jay, if you don't mind. Uh, Jay, you. we need the salty. The salty. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, whatever. You're literally wearing an LSU hoodie and you're doing the Roll Tide roll right now. That's sacrilegious. <laughs> That's so terrible. I hate you. Mama Connor better not better not see me doing that. <laughs> I'm telling Mama Connor oh, about that. No. <laughs> um Texas AM in their last five lost to Alabama twenty six twenty. Nothing to be ashamed of there, even though it it was it was a close game. Um, beat Arkansas 34-22, beat down Auburn 27-10, beat UL Monroe 47-3, and then lost to the University of Miami 48-33, the U. Um, Tennessee in their last five beat USC, not that one, uh, 41-20, beat UTSA 45-14, uh, lost to Florida, surprisingly, 29-16. to Beat App State, 30-13. to Austin PA. Oh, Austin P. excuse me. Um, and then beat UVA, 49-13. to I saw the hat, and I was like, yeah, that's App State. 100%. I didn't even bother clicking on it. That's on me. Fumbled the bag. Um, yeah, go figure. Cole's fumbling bags again. Tennessee's producing 466 yards on offense. Texas A&M, 420 yards allowed is where it's a little bit different. Texas A&M is allowing 268 yards a game. Tennessee is allowing 308. Far cry from what they're allowing at this point last season. Uh, Joe Milton, mm, mm, bad man. 101 for 160, 1,164 yards passing, nine touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, Connor Weigman for the Aggies is 979 yards passing, eight touchdowns, two interceptions, 82 for 119 on the completion percentage there. Um, I do believe, though, 
I believe Max Johnson for Heisman is uh, is the starter for Texas A&M. I believe Connor Wegman really? may be hurt. I, I could be wrong. Uh, if you can, if you can do some background research, that'll I will be, do that. That'd if be you great. Talk for absolutely. Um, Texas A and M is a. I don't know if I could say revitalized team this year. They definitely are not having the. Sa- they're having some of the same struggles that they did last year, but they're they're better at overcoming it. Um, yes, they lose a close one to Alabama, but again. A close loss to Alabama, only by a touchdown. Um, the bat, the Miami loss was rough. That was not a good look, especially considering Miami had that whole episode with Georgia Tech last week. Um, that that, that kind of looks like a bad loss now. But you know, for Texas A and M, I think having Bobby Petrino on there, yeah, has helped that defense. I think that's somebody that Jimbo Fisher trusted, and that helps. I think if Texas A&M wins this game, it cools Jimbo's seat significantly down there in Aggieland. Uh, I'm looking at that defense, and I'm specifically what I'm looking at is Tennessee is really good at running the ball this year. Really good. That is that is the strength of their offense. That is what they are going to be. They are a run-first team, and that's not a bad thing. Last year it was Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt, almost guaranteed. Pass first. We'll worry about the run later. This year, Joe Milton is not Hendon Hooker. Yes, he can bomb it down the field, and it looks like an amazing ball. 80, 90 yards downfield, absolutely amazing. However, when it comes to the short and inter- short and intermediate passes, it's not his strength. No, absolutely not. The completion percentage goes down on those passes. The and bombing it down the field, it's great and all, but you've also got to have that touch to it. You can't just bomb. You can't just throw it up and expect somebody to come catch it. You know, so running the ball, they're averaging about two hundred and thirty yards, two hundred thirty-one yards a game. Okay, Texas A and M. That is the teeth of their defense. You are running into the teeth of their defense. They're oh, yeah. only giving up 84 yards a game running the ball. That right there, I think, is what decides the game, is when you have to rely on Joe Melton, which I don't think is a bad thing. No. He can absolutely win you games. He just can't throw an intermediate pass. He has a life. hard time on the intermediate passes. I'm not going to say he can't throw it, but I'm saying, but I, th- I think those that is his in his passing game. Those are his weaknesses. Yeah. Okay. Max Johnson, solid B to B minus quarterback for the Aggies. I was going to say Connor Weigman is out for the remainder of the season with a foot injury. Max Johnson, the former LSU Tiger, and for your consideration, 2021 Heisman candidate um, for the Tigers. Go Tigers. We love you, Max. Uh, We'll be starting this game for the Aggies. Um, Like I said, Max Johnson, a good B to B minus quarterback. 100%. Won't light the world on fire, but you know what? He's not going to put you in in dangerous positions. He'll get you a few wins. Exactly. Um, and and just overall, the Texas A&M defense looks to be the strength of this team, and they're not doing half bad on offense either. Okay, they're looking better than what they did last year. I think Texas A&M is starting to finally put it together. Uh, but if you ask Aggie fans, I would say they should have been put together several years ago. Yeah, but it is what it is. Um, for me, that is the story of the game: is how well can Tennessee run against that front seven of the Texas A&M defense, um, and Texas A&M. Just keep doing what you're doing. Stop the run. You're if you can stop 
the run and limit Tennessee, you're going to create more opportunities for you because because Jalen. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> not this year. Jim, not Jim Milton. Um, Joe Milton. The third. Joe Milton. Thank you, Joe Milton. While a good quarterback can put you in danger, it can make some dangerous throws and probably put you in a situation you don't want to be in at times. Okay. Uh, no, I think that's completely fair, and I think that's why Tennessee has relied on the run a little bit more, albeit it's not nearly as productive as what it was last season. But you got to look, that Tennessee team last season without a very significant Hendon Hooker injury might have gone on into the playoffs. Um, this is not that team. I'm not saying that this is that team. I'm saying that this team is very good for the Vols, um, but I don't think that expectation is there for them anymore. However, Neyland is going to be rocking. I know that for a fact um, because this is, I mean, what more could you want yep. out, of a, out of a game? I agree. Um, Texas A&M is more battle-tested. I think that's very fair to say. Yes. Tennessee hasn't played anybody. Uh, the only good team that they've played so far this year has been Florida. South Carolina has shown that they're inconsistent too much. That Same old Spencer line. Rattler. Yeah. Um, give me the Aggies. Okay, so we're going to agree on this one. Yes. I'm also going to say give me the Aggies. Yeah. I'm also going to say the Aggies. Okay, I really thought you were going to pick Tennessee on this one. Um, I was debating it just because I know that Neyland is such a hard place to go in and play at. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, no, give me the Aggies here. Fair enough. Uh, Tennessee is favored by three, and the over-under is 54-and-a-half. Um, I could see this one, like, scoring maybe 17-14. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, ACC time. Yes, sir. The number 25 Miami Hurricanes take on the number 12 UNC Tar Heels. The 5-0, 2-0 conference UNC Tar Heels, might I add. Miami is sitting pretty at 4-1, 0-1 in conference. After a terrible loss, terrible loss to a Georgia abysmal. Tech. And it's not even the fact that they got crushed. It's just the fact that they wouldn't need the ball yeah. on the in the final seconds of the game. Yeah. No, you should have need you should have done the kneel. Absolutely. Um, this is in Keenan Stadium in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. UNC is favored by three and a half. The over under is fifty eight. UNC is picked to win on ESPN sixty one point two to thirty eight point eight. Van Dyke and Drake May. 98 for 135, 1,330 yards passing, uh, 12 touchdowns, four interceptions for Van Dyke for the Hurricanes. Drake May, 129 for 179, 1,629 yards passing, eight touchdowns, four interceptions. That's not counting anything that he's done on the ground. Uh, but this year, he actually has a very good running back in Omarion Hampton. Uh, 88 carries for 461 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, absolute monster in the red zone. Um, Miami's not looking too bad on running back death either. Their lead rusher, Henry Paris Jr., has 59 carries for 379 yards rushing and four touchdowns on the ground. Both offenses are putting up right at 500 yards. Uh, UNC right at 500. 
Um, the U is right at 505. Uh, Miami's defense is a little bit better, 268 yards allowed, UNC 335. The only reason why Miami is not 5-0 is because they did not kneel down against Georgia Tech. That was a terrible coaching decision, one of the worst in college football history. I feel like that's very fair to say. Oh, you're not the only one who said it. I've seen it I've seen it multiple times being said that. I don't think that's over-exaggerating either. No, that was terrible. Um, you had the lead secured, and you decided to uh, stat pad. That's Because yep. that's all that was. Right. That's um, all that was. That's all it was. That's all it was ever going to be. Yeah. And now it. that's all it ever will be, just yeah. for the wrong reasons. Yep. Um, and also, too, I, it's one thing, I think, if Miami is up 40 to 13 and that happens. And Georgia Tech goes down and scores. 100%. If it doesn't cost them the game. It Yes. But... You shouldn't have been that close with Georgia Georgia Tech to begin with. No, and yet there you are. You're in a vulnerable position. Vulnerable position. Mm-hmm. And instead of going, instead of kneeling it down and letting the clock run out and doing whatever, you decide to run the ball. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, the one thing I do want to touch on is uh, the University of Miami's run defense. They are giving up 58 yards a game on the ground. However, for North Carolina, that's not going to be too big of an issue because their strength is through the air with, with Drake, Drake May. Jinx. That's one. For See, tonight. you got me like five times before the show. I got you. Like, that has to even us up, right? Once on the show? I've got you multiple times on the show. <sighs> Whatever. All right. Anyways. It's uh, we got a little we it's got a little, three to two. We got a little chirp from the booth here. Ooh. That's a little little, little noise. It, usually, it's just silence. Shout out JTC. Shout out JTC. Sim- oh, simmer oh, down. We're, we're getting, getting simmering. Okay, all right. We're simmering down. Okay, keep it civil. We're oh. trying. We're trying. Uh, yeah, for North Carolina, uh, they're playing good ball right now. Yeah, Drake May's got four interceptions, but I think they are evenly balanced uh, between drink uh, between May and Hampton. Um, I think I, Miami. I think they. I think Mario Cristobal plays a safe game. I, I think just, they play a safe game this this week. I just saw the text you sent me before um, we recorded. We'll talk about it later. Cool. Um, um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think um, UNC is the better offensive team. Um, we'll see. I think this this is a game that could go either way, just because it is in Chapel Hill. Give me the Tar Heels. Also, give me the Tar Heels on this one. Miami plays too much of a cautious game, and I think that costs them the game. 100%. I think uh, Mario Cristobal is building something special. Uh, The U is coming back. Mm -hmm. But I don't think this year the U is going to be fully back, if that makes sense. Yeah. Next up, Pack. Two champs, baby. Well, well no, they not lost. really, but they lost. in our hearts. In our hearts. In our hearts. Uh, UCLA Bruins drive up to Corvallis, Oregon to take on the Oregon State Beavers. Go Beavs. Be- Go Beavs. Um, the Beavs have looked impressive under Jonathan Smith. 
I am excited that the Beavs are rolling. Uh, ESPN has pegged them to have a 69% winning chance. Uh, nice. Uh, the tickets are also as low as $69 as well. Nice. Uh, DJ Uyangale is playing some of his best ball that he has in his career. He's got over 1,300 yards passing, 13, inter- 13 way touch- better than what he was in Clemson. 13 touchdowns, and he's got the four interceptions. Uh, but you know what? That's okay. I think that's okay. Looking uh, at Dante Moore for the Bruins, um, 69 for 130, 1,139 yards passing, nine touchdowns, four interceptions there as well. Um, yeah, clearly DJ is a better uh, pure passer than Dante Moore, um, but the Beave have a secret weapon in sophomore running back Damian Martinez. 90 carries for 586 yards, three touchdowns on the season so far. Um, UCLA, Carson Steele has 71 carries, 413 yards rushing, and two touchdowns. Um both teams going into this game are pegged at the top of the uh, Pac-12. Um, what a way, also. I, I know we kind of brought this up in week two, week three, when the Pac-12 was still undefeated. Um, what a way, like, to send off the Pac-12. This seat, like, if they played like this every single season. 100%. Yeah, they'd still be alive. They, absolutely. Um, looking, they would probably be the Pac-16. Yeah, 100%. Because teams from the Big Ten would jump ship to join them. Well, I would say that at one point in time, Texas had the opportunity to jump ship and go part of be the Pac-12. Uh, that's weird. Do you want to know something, a little tidbit on why that didn't happen? Yeah, go for it. Because ESPN promised them the, the Longhorn Network. Mm. Texas was going to do it. They were going to go to the Pacs. They were, uh, so that last round of conference realignment when West Virginia joined. Yeah. Uh, the Big 12 was in dire – they were they were in trouble. They lost Missouri. They lost Texas A&M. They lost Colorado, and they lost Nebraska. Okay, four teams. They replaced that with West Virginia and TCU. However, they still lost – they were still on the losing end of that. And Texas had an offer, had a consideration to join the Pac-12 at the time that was going to be the Pac uh, – it, it was going to be the Pac-10, or it was the Pac-10 – this when Pac-12 grabbed Utah and Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were going to grab Texas Tech, Texas, K-State, I do believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to say Oklahoma State, yeah. maybe. Uh, and they were going to create the Pac-16. Possibly Oklahoma, but I think it was going to be just the Pac-16. I think it was going to be Oklahoma State, possibly. I have to, I'll have to double-check on that one. Uh, but they were going to create the Pac-16. And they very well could have been the SEC. They could have very well could have been what the SEC is now today. Mm. Uh, but because ESPN did not want to do that, and they did not want to give money to the Pac-12, they instead said, "No, no, Texas, we'll give you the Longhorn Network if you stay in the Big 12. Fair enough. And now look where Texas is going. SEC, because I mean, let's be real: the SEC is ESPN's darling. Oh, one hundred percent. The SEC is the money mover. It's the needle mover. You know, however you want to call it, it is. If not on the field, it is what. I feel like the SEC is what people 
want to watch when they sit down and watch a college football game. I'm not saying that because of the quality. I'm just saying that because of the history in the well, SEC. Well, the and also think about this too. Like and I'm not trying to get into no, no, you're, no, no, you're, no, you're today. fine. But I agree with you in this. Do you, but but here's the thing. Look at a map of the SEC, mm-hmm. and then say, let's look at a map of the Big Twelve or the Pac or the Big Ten now. Yeah, what, what the Big Ten one hundred percent. ACC. Every single state in the SEC touches. Yep. Everyone borders everybody. It is a very regional conference. It's expanding into the Southwest now, but it is an incredibly regional conference. It is everything that we love about college football packed into the SEC with quality teams like Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Thank you. Florida, Okay, these teams that have a rich Tennessee, these teams that have a rich history of winning, soon to be Texas and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Okay, they 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 have a very rich history of winning. They have it's very regional. Look at the Big Ten; they're they're not regional anymore. No, Big Twelve lost regionality when they brought in West Virginia. Um, so I, I I just think that. Oh, and you can throw the ACC in that with the latest the ACC round of now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and ACC is trying to be the Ivy League of the BF, FBS. Um, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, but that is why I think that the SEC has thrived for so long is because they're still very much regional in a time when regionality is thrown out the window. It also. Just to and we'll get back to UCLA, Oregon State in one second. I I know this kind of went on a tangent here. Makes a lot more sense as to why West Virginia was not selected to join the ACC until you said Ivy League of FBS. It did not click. So and and that's not a dig at West Virginia. It's not. So. It was and it wasn't. There were several schools, Duke, UNC, UVA, and I think Maryland were the four that voted to not bring us in. Everybody else voted. It made sense. Uh, everybody everybody voted for us to come in. We did not. Um, West Virginia, if you don't know, they have a promise to the state, and that is any West Virginia graduate in the state of West Virginia is automatically accepted um, into WVU because it is the namesake. They, they, they have, they have brought this mission upon themselves that they are going to educate the state of West Virginia, which is a very admirable thing to 100%. do. 100%. Um, but it, it, it is because of those schools. They, they want to become the Ivy league, which really intrigues me. And this is not tech is a good school, but it's not a, it's not a, it's not yeah. a hard school to get into. Okay. Yeah. Same, same. I would say with Clemson. Yeah. Florida state. Miami. I mean, those school North Carolina State. Mm-hmm. Okay, those are not super dip pit. Syracuse. Sy- can, yeah, for their for anything except their like business program and their uh, law school. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I agree with you 100. percent It's kind of it's hypocritical. It is a little hypocritical, but it is what it is. Back to Oregon State, and yeah. as we pivot 180 from this conversation. Sorry. No. Uh, Oregon State uh, has looked good. Their only loss coming from Washington State, 38-35. They beat Utah 21-7. By the way, that's who UCLA lost to, 14-7. So, theoretically, Oregon Oregon State has already won this game because they beat Utah. 
but I digress. Uh, they do kind of have a close-ish game with Cal, 52-40 to 40, uh, last week. It was at Cal for whatever that's worth. You could also make the case for UCLA in this matchup. UCLA beat Washington State 25-17. So they've played – they're getting into conference play. We're kind of seeing how things shake up. But in this case, I feel like UCLA and Oregon State are a little bit more tied up than what we're used to seeing. Um, I, this is – out of all the games that we have picked this week, I think this is the most even. One hundred percent. That being said, give me the beefs. Give me beefs. Give me the beefs. Give me the beefs. Uh, hey Jay, can we get an applause for the beefs? Go beefs. Go beefs. Alrighty, and now for the Big Twelve. Your. Three and two K State Wildcats take on your three and three Texas Tech Red Raiders. Bang bang. Bang bang. Um Will Howard for K State versus Tyler Show. Shao Shu for Texas Tech. Will Howard. 106 for 173, 1,224 yards passing, nine touchdowns, seven interceptions. Tyler Show, 67 for 111, 746 yards passing, seven touchdowns, four interceptions. I just want to say it is so sad to see that QB or the QBR for Texas Tech when out in, I would say, like the past 10 years. For the Red Raiders, it has been nothing but electric quarterbacks. Oh, yes. Total yardage, Washington State is more productive. Uh, 460 yards total to Texas Tech's 398. Uh, Washington State is only giving up 352 yards on the ground only. Uh, Texas Tech is giving up 370. The two losses for both of these teams, uh, for K-State, they lost to Oak. Uh, Oklahoma State 29 to 21 and Mizzou 30 to 27 both very close games uh, Texas Tech they lost to Oregon in a kind of shocking matchup there uh, 38 to 30 and then yeah um, oh sorry sorry second loss uh, WU yes WU. Thank, you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. 20 to 13. West Virginia, 20 to 13 uh, with Neil Brown's first win against the Red Raiders. Um, this is also a very even game. It is. Uh, Texas Tech is favored by one and a half in the matchup predictor. It is literally 50-50. 49.8 to Texas Tech's 50.2. Can't get much closer than that. Nope. Um, Over-under for this game is 56 and a half. Look. Both of these teams, Will Howard is in a down year compared to what he was at this point last season. Uh, K-State in general is just in a down year this year. That being said, I do think K-State is a little bit more productive on offense and they're allowing fewer yardage. Their losses are a little bit easier to swallow as well. Texas Tech has lost to a very good West Virginia team and a also very good Oregon team. 
Uh, K-State has lost to a all-right Oklahoma State team. Um, only reason why I'm saying they're all-right is they're also 3-2. and two. And a, let's be real, kind of scary Mizzou Tigers team. Um, Mizzou was undefeated at that point. LSU handed them their first L. Um, just had to, you know, throw that plug throw in that, there. Throw that bit in there. Yeah, got to. Um, mm, this is a hard one. It is a hard one. Give me... Give me K-State coming into Lubbock. I'm going to take the Red Raiders in this one. Uh, They're at home. They, I think for them, this one is more momentum-based. They are much more momentum-based after getting that win for Baylor. I think that Baylor game for them, uh, for both of those programs, was kind of a chance to turn it around game. Uh, it was a it was a good game, but Texas Tech comes out with the dub on that one, and I think they build that momentum coming back into Lubbock. It's a home game. You get the Big Twelve champs from last year. They're kind of down. They're not looking great. You know, they lost to a to a to a bad Oklahoma State team last week, um, and I think Texas Tech just has a lot of this momentum rolling. They're taking K-State seriously. Joe McGuire is kind of figuring things out there. Uh, Tyler Shaw has, uh, you, you know, had after he has to step in uh, after, his, after the uh, injury at West Virginia, he has to step in to start the game and take over for the rest of the season. I just think Texas Tech is riding a big momentum wave Okay, a lot of bang bang here and a bang bang there, and I believe that uh, I believe that that bang bang is gonna shoot them all the way uh, past low past K State. Shout out Mick Foley, we love shout, you. Shout out, shout out Mick Foley. Honestly, Cactus Jack should really be like the mascot of the Red 100%. Raiders. One hundred percent. But yeah, give me Texas Tech. Give me the Red Raiders. I like them in this one. Coming home, riding the wave of momentum. I think K State has a little bit more pressure on them uh, going into this game. But that being said, I think K-State pulls off the, well, technically upset win uh, in Lubbock. Everyone knows this is going to be a close game. You going first or am I going first, buddy? I am going first because we're going to Baton Rouge this weekend. Yeah. We are going to Baton Rouge in less than 24 hours. We will be in Baton Rouge. Well, actually, in 24 hours, we have already been in Baton Rouge for five hours at this point. Yes. Um, If we're talking time travel here. But West Virginia, on a Thursday night game, if you're listening to this on Thursday morning, so tonight, Thursday night game, the West Virginia Mountaineers travel to Houston, take on the Houston Cougars, or the Fighting Dana Holgersons, as I like to call them. Um it's not personal, guys. Go Cougs. <laughs> As Holgerson would say. Hey, anyway, can Dana Holgerson recruit? Apparently not from West Virginia because apparently he said that they can't win, that uh, West Virginia can't compete with West Virginia guys in the Big 12. Hey, Cole, look who's second in the Big 12. That'd be West Virginia. That'd be West Virginia, the Mountaineers, baby. You want to know who's last in the Big 12, second to last? Houston. Houston. Who is last, though, is somebody you really love to see being last. Oh, we love to see it. And that's UCF. We love to see it. I'm kind of sad about that one. I thought they'd be a little bit better. Uh, But Houston is second to last 
in the Big 12 with losses to Texas Tech, losses to TCU, and a double overtime loss to Rice, to JT Daniels. So technically, they've already lost to West Virginia after losing. Oh, oh, putting on the West Virginia, on the old school Mountaineer hat, too, that you got in Morgantown last year. Just wonderful. I got, I got to represent. Thank you, sir. You're representing you. me. I got to represent you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, West Virginia comes into this game. Garrett Green is back to 100%. It was a much, 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 much needed bye week for West Virginia. Really banged up. C.J. Donaldson was running a little bit softer because I think he was just worn out, tired. Uh, running. Oh, yeah, when you have when you when you are the at 90 carries at yeah. this point in the season. Yeah, and you are the literal bulldozer for the team. Yeah, fair enough. Um, much needed rest. Garrett Green comes in. I've, uh, from reports coming out of practice, is that he's throwing the ball better than he ever has, better than ever he he ever did at the beginning of the season. Uh, Five hundred forty-four yards uh, passing, four touchdowns. He's got about two or three touch, about the same amount rushing the football. Uh, C.J. Donaldson comes in. He's got four touchdowns as well. 86 carries for 348 yards. What did I say? Bulldozer. Um, and then Hudson Clement, also 239 yards receiving, 10 receptions, three touchdowns, absolute beast. Now, what's interesting about this game is Tony Mathis, who was on West Virginia's team last year, is down in Houston. Michael Laughlin, who was a tight end who was plagued by injuries, in Morgantown is down at Houston. Sam Brown, who was also a receiver for West mm. Virginia, is now down in Houston. Mm. Not to mention that their head coach, Dana Holgerson, also coached at West Virginia for nine years, eight to nine years. Okay? So they this team has a little bit of familiarity with Morgantown. Uh, in the history, They these two programs have never met. They have never played one another. Um Houston is explosive on offense, giving up or uh, putting up over 400 yards of offense. However, they're giving up over 400 yards on defense. Okay, West Virginia is putting up about 347 yards on defense or on offense and giving up 335. Okay, uh, secondary can, is is a kind of an issue for us. We're giving up about 114 yards rushing. Uh, thanks TCU for that one. <laughs> Uh, but we're you know we're rushing the ball for almost 200 yards right, uh, at 192, and we're passing it for 155. I would say look for that to change here in the coming future. Oh yeah, easily. I think if Garrett Green is throwing, if they they're feeling a little bit more comfortable, um, I think they would have thrown the ball a lot more against Pitt had Garrett Green not hurt. They would have thrown it. Uh, they they had Garrett Green been 100 percent. They would have thrown it and been a little bit more versatile against TCU. So I'm glad that Garrett is back to 100%. He's looking better, throwing better uh, for this game. The only loss that we've, the only loss that we have, Cole, is to a top 10 ranked Penn State. Yeah, 38-15. Okay, everybody else beat Duquesne, 56-17. Beat Pitt, sweet Caroline. Um, beat Pitt seventeen to six. Beat Texas Tech twenty to thirteen. Beat TCU on the road twenty four to twenty one. Um, Houston, okay, they have had their struggles this year. They have had their struggles this year. They're coming two and three. They're also coming off of a bye week. 
Uh, Donovan Smith, though, for the Cougars is looking good. Nine touchdowns for three interceptions, over 1,300 yards passing. Uh, I want to say Perold, but it's not Perold. It is Parker, Parker Jenkins, uh, who is their leading rusher. Uh, 41 carries. He's got three touchdowns, 218 yards rushing. Okay, And Sam Brown, who is their leading receiver, has a touchdown. 34 receptions for 518 yards. They are a pass-heavy team. That scares me. That scares me. Our secondary has looked better, okay? However, Aubrey Burks, our leading safety, went down on a stretcher to TCU last week. Um, Not... Uh, Sean Martin, maybe not Sean Martin. I'm, I've got to remember who went down to injury. I, I got to remember who went down to injury last week. Uh, it was a low, it was a leg injury. I, maybe it been Sean Martin, but I'm I'm not for sure on that one. Um, that scares me a little bit. Is um, is is looking at that and knowing that Aubrey Burks is going to be out, but we have the mentality of next man up. Okay, I, our defensive front, our defensive seven is looking good. Um, it's it's that we've got to have that next man up mentality for the secondary, and I think we can do that. Um, this feels like a trap game to me. This feels like a little bit of a trap game that West Virginia is on a roll. They're getting some confidence. People are starting to recognize them. They're second in the conference. Um, this feels like a trap game that West Virginia could lose, but then sh- they could lose one that they shouldn't. Okay, I think if we go in there, we take care of business, we handle we handled Houston like we should, handle them with respect, uh, and just take care of business. I think we'll be fine. Also, fun fact: tickets are as low as two dollars uh, for this game. That's I, shocking. Honestly, I want to know upper level. What is this row three twenty nine? Where's three twenty nine? Three twenty nine. Okay, upper deck. $2. That's that's absolutely wild. $2. And that's on the West Virginia side. Hey, Cole, you want to take a trip to Houston on Thursday night? We can. <laughs> we can. Another 10-hour drive. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were looking at going to Tulsa. <laughs> looking at go And Friday. Mobile. Mobile, yeah. yeah. So, uh, But, yeah, I, that's, that's my spiel for West Virginia. Uh, like I said, it does feel like a trap game. I don't know if that's the way you feel, Cole, but feel free to go ahead and make your pick. <sighs> okay. Here's the thing. This WU team is cooking with peanut oil. I think that you're explosive where you need to be. Sure, your secondary has a lot of questions, but your offensive production is making up for it. Oh, and I'm going to be honest with you. Neil Brown has won his last four games in a row. The first time he's ever done that at West Virginia. Um, yeah, no. This is a no-brainer for me. As you said, I understand this could be a trap game for you guys. Um, and as long as they, as long as the Mountaineers don't look ahead to Oklahoma State, there's no reason why you guys are not winning this game. Give me the ears. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. I will take the Mountain Men any day of the week. Thank you. All right. <clears throat> to open things off here, I'm gonna I'm gonna read for you the a main quote. event. I'm gonna read you a quote. 
I think their offense is the most explosive that I've seen in a long time. I wasn't coaching, gee, I wonder why, when they had their run with Joe Burrow. But this quarterback, if he's not in the Heisman discussion, there's a problem. He is playing at an incredibly high level with dynamic receivers. There's not a weakness on that offense. Owen, can you guess who said that? Give me the head coach of Auburn, Hugh Freeze. Why would you say that when you know LSU is favored by 11? We're going to blow them out in Death Valley. I'm not like, We're going to witness it. Yeah, we're going to witness this. Yeah, LSU LSU by a million. million. Come on. Ah, I'm so excited for this game. It really hasn't set in until just now. This is our 57th meeting with the Auburn Tigers. Uh, Some notable games that we've played, the Earthquake game back in 1988. Obviously, everyone knows about the Cigar game and the Revenge Cigar game. Uh, The Barn Burner in 96, uh, LSU's last last dance under Les Miles. Uh, 2017, uh, LSU upset number eight Auburn. This game is going to be amazing and electric in Death Valley. Wait, wait, wait. Cool, 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 cool. What's, what's the time on this game? Uh, well, my ticket says six, but that's because it has not updated yet. Kickoff is 7 p.m. Central Time. This is a night game. We're, we're, out, of, we're out of the Eastern Death Time Zone. Valley. Yeah. You're not in Kansas. Well, you're not in Virginia anymore, brother. Nope, nope, nope. Um, no, why we're going to win. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Why we're going to win. Jane Daniels, Logan Diggs, Malik Neighbors. Our offense is so potent right now. We are burning through these teams. Now, that being said, last week we did not burn. Um, and the, we, and the it, week before that, and the week before that? Well, no, week before that we played a very good Arkansas team, and the week before that we played a halfway decent Ole Miss team, and we lost them 55-49 because of defense and miscues and a very costly turnover in the fourth quarter. But, you know, that that's neither here nor there. Um, and Mizzou, you know, we won by 10 against Mizzou, who were undefeated yep. at the time. Just saying. Uh, LSU is 22 in the nation. Uh, Auburn is unranked going into this game, 0-2 in conference. LSU is favored by 11, but honestly, they need to be favored by a million because we're going to cover that spread. Um, Peyton Thorne, not even in the same universe as Jaden Daniels. 55 or 84, 643 yards passing, four touchdowns, four interceptions. Garbage. Pure garbage. Um. The one thing that scares me going into this game, and I think our defense can handle it, Peyton Thorne is a mobile guy. Mm-hmm. He has shown that he can run the ball with very good efficiency. You know who else is a very mobile guy? Jarquez Hunter. 50 carries, 202 yards, two touchdowns. Just looking at his stats, you wouldn't see that. He is an explosive first-step running back. Our front seven is going to be tested. This is a Auburn Tigers team who likes to run the ball and establish the clock game early. 
Uh, this Tigers team is uh, running for 202 yards on average. Um, and this Auburn Tigers team also was in a very scary shootout against Georgia last week, the number one team in the nation. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. They're coming off their bye. Excuse me. Um, yeah, no, 27-20. to 20. Before that, close loss against Texas A&M, 27-10. And then they haven't played anybody else. Um, LSU in their last five beat Grambling, beat Mississippi State, beat Arkansas. It's pronounced Arkansas. Shout out Les Miles. Um, lost to Ole Miss, fifty-five to forty-nine, and then beat Mizzou, forty-nine to thirty-nine. Um, both of these teams are very battle-tested. It is going to be seventy-seven degrees and sunny for a perfect Baton Rouge Saturday night. Louisiana Saturday night. Thank you. Um, no, I think our offense is much better than Auburn's offense. That's clear as day to see. We're producing right at 550 yards a game, 337 of that through the air. Shout out Jaden Daniels. Uh, where, where, where they concern me? 445 yards allowed. LSU is 161st in the nation right now. You know where Auburn's uh, offensive production ranks, or yards per game? 161st. So we have the 161st worst pass defense versus the 161st worst pass offense. Uh, this is not an immovable force versus an unstoppable object. This is an unmovable force versus a uh, bullet. Straight up. Like, this This isn't going to – yeah, no. It's When Auburn has the ball, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> um, but when the Tigers play, uh, it is always a very, very good game. I am so excited that this is my first game in Death Valley. Um Tiger Bowl is going to be something special. I agree. I agree. You're going to say, give me the Tigers. I know that. I know. I got to. Go Tigers. Yeah. Go Tigers. You got to. So, Cole, I got to ask you this. You are superstitious, correct? I am very, very superstitious. As in. And I'm um, a little stitious. Um, (laughs) um, So. I've said it previously on the Panther Pod. I do not like watching LSU games on TV or Saints games or Brewers, Orioles, Bucks, you know, any of my teams. Um, started out when I was younger. Whenever LSU or the Saints were on, I never watched, and they were doing great. And then when I started watching football, LSU and the Saints started sucking. Mom figured out the correlation to that. Shout out, Mama Connor. Love shout you. Out, shout out, Mama Connor. Um Got kicked out of the Missouri game, too. I got kicked out of the Missouri game. Uh, Mizzou went ahead by, I think, 10 in the uh, first half. And Mom was like, all right, you're done. I was like, okay, fair enough. And I came down here, and I played some 2K. So what happens this this week? If they- so it's not when I attend games. When I attend games, um, I'm undefeated. Okay. So it's only when... I watch games on TV. Fair enough. Fair enough. We will be in Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. I know we've said it like so many times. I'm so excited that both of you guys are coming with me. 
um, wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to wrap us up here. I think so, too. Uh, for this special edition of the Panther Pod, I am Owen Spenick. My name's Cole Connor. And thank you for listening. Go Tigers! Go Tigers!